inch by inch, play by play, we were finished. Welcome to the Gridiron Breakdown. We don't have a real name for it. Yeah. I'll give you media guys something to come up with. What's your assignment? Kill the quarterback. Hit the tight end so hard his girlfriend dies. Kill everyone. The football podcast for the fans, by the fans, where we discuss the X's and O's of each week's premier football game. We've got to be the dumbest team in America in terms of playing the game. I thought you were gonna, I thought you were gonna do one of these. Your hosts are Jay and Allen. And when was the last time 80,000 people showed up to see a kid do a chemistry experiment? You play football like Engineer plays football. And Brian. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. And Lindsay. My favorite scene. I don't know what a hook he is, but God is one of them. Go Virginia Tech. Whichever one starts, starts. Whichever one don't, we'll back him up. Period. Cut and dry. Cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I can tell you how they feel about it. They don't like it. It's a lack of respect. It's not doing your homework and paying attention to what reality is. Now, let's get to the breakdown. Looks to me like they're coming up with a plan. Hello, you play to win the game. It's time for the Gridiron Breakdown. I'm Jay. I'm Alan. And I'm Brian. Lindsay is on assignment this week, but we welcome all of you to Episode 6 of the 2020 season. It's week five for college football and week four for the NFL. So, fellas, before we get into the picks records and the stuff we're going to talk about tonight, we got to go over some of the things that happened in the last week in college football and the NFL because there was plenty that went down. Got to do a special shout-out, though, before we get started with anything else. Shout-out to my college buddy, Brian, getting over surgery uh, today. He and I used to sit and watch a lot of football back at UNA, talk a lot of Mississippi football in particular. He's getting over surgery, so get well, Brian. And uh, I know he listens to the show each week, so this one's for you. We also got to send a shout-out to our comrade, again, on assignment, Lindsey. Virginia Tech had 20-plus people out on COVID, uh, had the defensive coordinator out, his backup out, some like G was calling plays and they still housed NC State what is up with that I mean NC State's just not a really good football team and Justin Fuentes seems to have things going pretty good but I mean you would think with all those people out I mean I really thought NC State would give Vatek a game but Tech took care of business I mean the starting quarterback was out the backup got hurt and the third stringer <laughs> still rolled up yards <laughs> that's some good recruiting man must be must be also, we got to give props to the Pitt Panthers defensive line. They are legit, fellas. Chancey Weaver-Jones right up front, 39% of the dropbacks that they've faced, they've had pressure in the backfield on. They've held teams to 7 of 41 on third downs. Now, they ain't played nobody yet either, but that's pretty impressive starting out the season. They got some tests coming up with Miami and Clemson looming down the, down the schedule, but that's, that's pretty darn good. You know, I didn't know they were allowed to play defense in the ACC. <laughs> I mean, if they didn't, what would Pitt be doing there? Because they don't play offense. That's for sure. <laughs> Kansas State snake bites Oklahoma again. Texas again. survives another weird game. Alan, what's going on in the Big 12, man? It is bizarro world. And, like, Lubbock is like the sixth circle of hell. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's 500 miles from anywhere. Um you know, that was a weird game. I mean, Texas Tech had that game won and blew it. I mean, yeah. choke job. I mean, you would have thought the Atlanta Falcons were playing. <laughs> yeah, we're oh. going to get to the Falcons. Mm. Um, Mississippi State. <laughs> 
Um, well, you hate to see it, LSU. <laughs> Mississippi State. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> Mississippi State rolls into a red stick and drops 623 yards with a transfer quarterback coming off shoulder surgery and a bunch of dudes nobody's heard of playing receiver against the defending national champions. Now, granted, it's like the defending national champions' second string, but that's still good to start in most other schools. LSU, I watched that game, guys, and it was back and forth for a little bit, but LSU had zero answers for an offense that I swear consisted of three plays all day long. It is but, Jay, so Jay, yeah. they only gave up nine rushing yards. <laughs> yeah, because the other team only rushed 11 times. <laughs> but it's only nine. Did your team give up only nine rushing yards? Right. Yeah, right. Too, too bad Callen Hill had like 180 yards through the air. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know who they had covering that guy, but he wasn't fast, and Callen Hill had his way with him. Oh. I mean, what, what's Jay, what's crazy is in Mike Leach's first game, he breaks the the record for most yards passing in a conference game and most yards passing period in the SEC game. That's only game one. I know, right? What's good? I mean, they're playing Arkansas this week. That's a bad defense, y'all. <laughs> and so that those record books are not safe uh, for a little while. I, the thing that gets me, and, and look, I love Mike Leach. He's a treasure, and his post game interviews are awesome, and he's just hilarious. You should go watch him if you haven't seen him yet, y'all. But the thing is, is every time his Washington State team played Washington, they couldn't score 20 points on that team. And I know you say, oh, hey, Wazoo doesn't have the talent Mississippi State does. Hey, Washington doesn't have the talent LSU does either. And so I, I, how did Bo Pelini and Ed Orgeron not watch any of seven years of tape and just know we're just going to man up all day? That didn't work out too well. I think that lets you know what a heck of a job Dave Aranda was doing with that defense. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, no doubt about that. And, and look, the, LSU's not dead. They just got a long way to go after that one game. Uh, the thing that – the big part about the state game that I really was impressed with is K.J. Costello, in like 38 of his 60 passes – let's get our head around that for a minute. That's like four games for some teams. 38 of his 60 passes came out of his hand in less than three seconds, like two and a half yeah, seconds. and he turned the ball over four times. If they don't right. turn the ball over, they might have scored 70. Right? That game could have gotten totally out of hand. It's just wild. So crazy numbers everywhere, though, man. Let's go to the NFL. Russell Wilson is doing things. Brian, that dude is dry. Him and Dak Prescott were racking up fantasy points like it was Candyland, man. It was unreal. They were playing Madden on rookie level. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, it, Russell Wilson's on a mission, man. He, in all the time he's been in the league, he's always been a great quarterback, right? I mean, he's proven it year after year after year. And not one time has he gotten a single vote for MVP. Yeah. He's out to prove that he should be MVP or at least in the, in the consideration for that. And this year's his year. I mean, 14 touchdowns in three games. Yeah. Uh, one pick. Yeah. One pick. Uh, over 300 yards in two, in all three of the games, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy's on fire. And not only is he doing it with his arm, he's making plays with his legs as he usually does. Uh, he's willing that team to the Super Bowl at this point. I mean, that's what he's yeah. doing. He's amazing. And Tyler Lockett and uh, DK Metcalf are such weapons across the field. And then they litter him with all those other guys. Now, Chris Carson being hurt at running backs is going to hurt them for a couple of weeks. But yeah. um, you know what? That I, I, It's hard to pick against them right now. On the flip Jay, side, Jay, Jay, when you're talking about the Seahawks, I do have to give a shout out to Trey Diggs, who yeah. made DK Metcalf look like Leon Lett. 
That's why you don't ever stop playing, folks. You don't know when somebody's going to do something stupid. He did until the fourth quarter when DK Metcalf burned him for the go-ahead and winning touchdown. But I hey, think I saw what? that happen in Oxford one day too. Yeah, it's that's how it goes. But you're right. On the flip side of that in the NFL, you know, you got the Seahawks who are three and zero. Somehow the Chicago Bears are three and zero, and they did that by benching Mitchell Trubisky who was their leading rusher at the time in the game against Atlanta. And Nick Foles comes back with three fourth-quarter touchdowns to yank a lead from Atlanta. Once again, Atlanta finds a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. But how is Chicago undefeated? Uh, that It's defense. I mean, Khalil Mack is a force to be reckoned with for that team. And it all starts with him. But their defense is playing well. Trubisky was doing mediocre. Okay, right? He's game managing and doing a good enough job to get them victories. Uh, he wasn't doing very well against the Falcons. They took him out after he had, uh, I think it was three picks in the game against Atlanta and only 10 points on the board. They throw in Foles. Foles, like you said, throws three touchdowns. He, Foles does what Foles does, right? Mm-hmm. Foles is not a starting quarterback. But when he comes in replacement of another person, he lights a fire and goes and wins games. And so how long will it last? You know, Foles has, has been named the starting quarterback for the Bears now. Um, I think you can get a good three games out of Foles before he starts to become Nick Foles. <laughs> we know. Uh, we'll see. So are the Bears a legit 3-0? and I mean, they won their games. But will they remain uh, up there with the other teams that are 3-0? and I don't think so. I think we're going to see them come back down like we do most years. Uh, they're going to come back down to earth. But they're winning because they have a solid defense. They do. They but, do have a good defense. But I mean, they they had to have the Lions collapse in Week One. The Bears almost collapsed in Week Two and lost to the Giants and blew a seventeen point lead. <laughs> and then they had to have the Falcons collapse. I mean, they, oh, the their, their opponents are what a combined one and eight. I think the the Lions yeah. have that victory over the Cardinals. Uh, the level of difficulty will will uh, crank up a little bit for the Bears here in the coming weeks. Oh, no doubt about that. Same division. Aaron Rodgers is a very bad man, and his buddy Aaron Jones in the backfield, they are doing depraved things. Um, They just manhandled New Orleans and the Superdome uh, on Sunday night. That was a a fun game. It was somewhat competitive. We'll talk about the Monday night game in a second. Uh, But Aaron Rodgers still showing he can just drop dimes whenever he wants to. And it looks like – I mean, they, they were like, hey, you think you can win with these bunch of dudes? And we'll just draft all defense <laughs> next year. And he's like, challenge, accepted, done. Well, I think with Aaron Rodgers, he's always been top-level quarterback, right? And the Packers are in it every year because they have Aaron Rodgers. The key here is not their defense. I don't think their defense is really as good as they want to believe they are. The key is Aaron Jones. Yeah. He's got yeah. a running back now. And if you have a running back and an elite quarterback and you can use the play action like Aaron Rodgers does, teams are screwed. And so Aaron Jones coming out these last couple of years has really lit a fire for Aaron Rodgers, and he's just torching teams. It's something you remind me of often too, Brian. They finally got an offensive line that's healthy mm-hmm. there and that you can tell. You can see up front. I mean, Alan, you're the Packers fan. You, I mean, it's just been a rotation of great draft picks that just turn into mush when they get there. You finally got guys up front that can really hold that line together. Nobody can get near these guys, and they're opening up huge holes for Jones to pound through. Well, and also key is they're healthy. I feel like for a number of years, the Packers had tackles who couldn't stay healthy. There, I mean, there was one what a playoff game against Washington. They had their center starting left tackle 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's like they drew straws that go, okay, who's playing left tackle today? <laughs> um, but they're healthy. You know, the key to this will be having Aaron Jones stay healthy. Uh, throughout his career, he's been banged up, and I don't know that he's played a full 16 games so far. So the real key is keeping him healthy. And the other thing, and Jay, I think you pointed this out the other week, is the fact that there are no fans. Rodgers is drawing teams off sides at yes. away games. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. And that, that's his specialty. He draws them off. He gets that free play, and he's going to take his home run ball. I mean, the guy has got got a great hard count, probably the best one of the game right now, and he just gets to every every game. He's at least going to get you once, and I think he got uh, New Orleans uh, two or three times the other night. It was it was something to see. The Monday night game, man, look, I was like, this is going to be the epic WrestleMania six. It's going to be on, and it was a big nothing burger because Kansas City <laughs> came out there and stomped Baltimore out. I. I was blown away, not so much that Kansas City scored a lot of points. I thought we were going to get, you know, tilt-a-whirl scoreboard. The fact that Baltimore could not move the ball on them at all and then got, like, stupid conservative when they were down 20 points. I just – it was it was unreal. There, there's something I've noticed with Baltimore. Their running backs are actually aren't doing very well this year. I mean, uh, Lamar is leading the team in rushing. Dobbins and Ingram have been non-factors. I'm wondering if teams are saying, you know what, we'll let Lamar beat us with his legs. If he runs the ball 20 times, we can probably still win. We're going to sell out to stop that run game. We're not going to let Ingram and Dobbins and them push us around. I think teams are stacking the box and saying, hey, if Lamar beats us, okay, we're fine with that. We're not going to let you run the ball uh, traditionally. Yeah, what I was surprised with, and I guess I shouldn't be because it's it's Patrick Mahomes, but the Baltimore defense came in as one of the top defenses in the league, and Mahomes just played them like they were the Vikings. I mean, it was cake for him to just score. And so, yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I think we hyped this as a preview for the AFC Championship, but if Baltimore is going to collapse when they play top teams like that, might have to think again. Yeah, they they well, I saw a lot of good tweets that said, you know, Baltimore's in playoff form early. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. The way of it. Uh, but yeah, but look, what can you say? I mean, we talk a lot about Russell Wilson, and he's amazing, and is having the best year of his career. Aaron Rodgers is having an amazing career, but Patrick Mahomes is just a different dude. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's I mean, he just does things and just makes it look like, eh, I don't know. I mean, it's like those few years when the Warriors were running through the NBA and Steph Curry was just jacking threes from, like, the other team's, you know, locker room. And, like, I don't know, they just all go in. And it's it's the same thing with this dude. He's got that same kind of lock on his game right now and just just getting it done. And, again, Kansas City kind of quietly built the defense. When, you Mm -hmm. know, everybody talks about all their offensive stuff, but they actually have a a legit defense and they're shutting people down. So – be interesting to see how it continues to go forward. That's enough of the week that was. Let's update the picks records, shall we? So I'm still holding up the anchor. Guys went five and five last week. Yep. So I'm 14 and 10 in college overall. Five and anchor seven. Anchor down. Yeah, there we go. 19 and 17 is my overall record. Lindsay went um, six and four. Her overall is 22 and 14, 17 and 7 in college, 5 and 7 in the NFL. Allen, you went 7 and 3 last week. Excellent picks. Overall, 24 and 12, 15 and 9 in college. You actually lead the NFL at the 9 and 3 mark. But Brian, you are firmly in first place still. 
eight and two last week, twenty-seven and nine overall, nineteen and five in college, eighteen and four in the NFL. So eight and four, not eighteen and four. Eight, eight and four. You are <laughs> correct. Yeah, we ain't got that far yet. That'll be a couple of weeks away. So in honor of that, we're gonna flip the script this week and we're gonna let Brian, since he's led since we started this show, we keep shoving him to the back. Uh, on the picks, but we're going to let you start the featured game discussion in the NFL. We got to tell a little behind the scenes story here. We were all set for Pittsburgh and Tennessee, three and O teams that hadn't played nobody yet. We're about to hook it up in Nashville, and then the COVID happened. Tennessee had a, you know, a few guys test positive, uh, had a coach test positive. They you know suspended operations there and in Minnesota for a while. Looks like Minnesota's going to be all right, but. Tennessee and Pittsburgh are now postponing that game. They may play Monday night. They may play Tuesday night. We don't know. So we had to move that one off the shelf. So the new featured game is the 3-0 Buffalo Bills on the road to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. 325 Central, 425 on CBS. Brian, tell us what it's all about. Man, I was so ready to talk Tennessee and Pittsburgh because, like you said, I think the combined records of the teams that played both of these teams was one in 16 or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculously bad, but uh, thank you COVID for spoiling that one. And now I'm last second hurrying, trying to get anything uh, for this Raiders Buffalo bills game. Uh, so I, it's going to be weak, but we're going to go with this. Um, Josh Allen. What can you say? Uh, this is a guy who came into the NFL with a less than 60%, you know, passing uh, completion percentage. Uh, right, hovered right around like 55 or something like that, just not NFL quarterback. He's come into the league and uh, completely changed, right? He is number two right now for quarterbacks in the NFL, which is crazy to me. Like Josh Allen's number two. Uh, he is taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. They're at home. They're 1-0 and at home, right? Woo! That that matters, like we've talked about. But they're the 14th rated defense, so they're kind of against the pass. So they're in the middle of the pack. Um, they've got a 14th rated rush defense, and they're going up against the Bills, who have the 24th rated rush defense, which bodes very well for Las Vegas because we know what they like to do. They like to feed Josh Jacobs the ball. So expect to see that. And um, then you've got the the, the uh, offense for the Bills is fourth rated versus a fifteenth rated Las Vegas. On paper, this looks like it might be a massacre for the Buffalo Bills, but I think the key is going to be Josh Jacobs. If they can get Jacobs running that ball against a weak Buffalo rushing defense, that's going to be the key for Las Vegas here. I'm still going to go with the Buffalo Bills to win this game because I think they're the better team overall. And I really think they're going to be uh, the team out of that division to take it for the East. So I'm going Buffalo here, but it's not going to be easy. And I'm going to say 28-27. All right, Buffalo 28-27. Alan, what about you? Well, you know, Vegas kind of got a rude awakening last week. Uh, Bill Belichick and Cam Newton came to town and just they spanked them. Um, And I think Belichick may have laid out a blueprint for slowing down this offense a little bit this year. Uh, you know, Buffalo, they jumped out to a huge lead against the Rams, and they tried to give it away. They had to score there at the end on the benefit of a pass interference call uh, to get the win there. Um, another funny thing, I saw a, a blurb that, uh, you know, Josh Allen's having a great year, and pro football focus is like, this is an anomaly. 
Like with everything going on, he should not be having these stats. Like he broke pro football focus apparently. <laughs> um, but the, the Bills got it rolling. I think they're the more tested team. I think they're the better team. And I like the Bills to win 27 to 17. All right. Lindsay agrees with you guys. She's got Buffalo in this one. Everything you said is exactly right. Something tells me, though, John Gruden's going to have his guys up, and Josh Jacobs is going to make the difference in the game. Derek Carr's found a weapon in Darren Waller and that tight end. I think the Vegas Raiders find a way to get this one done late. Give me Las Vegas 31-27 over Buffalo in our Mm -hmm. NFL Mm -hmm. featured game of the week. So we go to the college game now. We're going to do a couple of SEC games. We're homering out this week, Alan. You have chosen Texas A&M, the Aggies, on the road to take on the Alabama Crimson Tide, 2.30 Central, 3.30 CBS. This is your Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson, I'm sorry, game of the week. Tell us what's going on in it. Well, I mean, Jay, at least you don't have to listen to Gary, you know, talk about Alabama during an Auburn game for three hours. At least you'll actually (laughs) be doing an Alabama game. That's true. Uh, you know, um, Texas A&M rolls into Tuscaloosa after a disappointing showing in their opener against Bandy where they really struggled. Uh, they were favored by 30 points and only ended up winning 17-12. Uh, to 12. Uh, A&M turned the ball over three times. They actually fumbled the ball five times, but were lucky enough to get two of them back. They had eight penalties, and they really didn't look all that great on offense. Uh, Kellen Mind looked pedestrian, or as Jay would say, he looked like Kellen Mind. Um <laughs> You know, the bright spot for AM was uh, Isaiah Spiller. He had 117 rushing yards on eight carries. Um, and, and it was very obvious that AM missed Jamon Albson, the wide receiver who, from last year who opted out. You know, last year I think he had 66 catches and averaged over 13 yards a catch. Uh, Mond really didn't have anybody to throw to, and they really just they didn't look very good on offense. The AM defense played pretty well. They held Vandy to 255 yards and didn't really allow them to get anything going throughout the entire game. Uh, however, Vandy was able to get 17 first downs and they did end up winning the time of possession. Um, and also, Vanderbilt started a true freshman in that game. Uh, AM had three defensive players in the offseason opt out. And let's be honest, AM defense didn't get much of a challenge. Uh, Vanderbilt's not a really good team. And I think the level of difficulty for that A&M defense really will jump to 11 this week. Because, uh, you know, all Mac Jones did in a little more than a half of football was go 18 of 24, 249 yards, and two touchdowns that really should have been three touchdowns. So review overturned one. But, uh, you know, that is what it is. Uh, Najee Harris had almost 100 yards on 17 carries with three touchdowns. Jalen Waddle, Jay's arch nemesis. Um, he 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 did what he did does. He had two touchdowns, 134 receiving yards. The offense was balanced and effective. Um, in the third quarter, Alabama started rolling in a lot of subs, trying to get guys playing time, and it really took a hit. Um, you know, I think Saban's plan with that was he needs to play these guys he doesn't know when somebody's gonna have to sit out due to covid so he's got to get these young guys kind of battle tested uh the alabama defense in the first half was great dylan moses played like a man possessed or a man who wanted to play football after being sidelined last year uh true freshman will anderson kind of showed that he could really be a problem going forward he has an explosive first step off that line the the defensive line got pressure they were able to collapse the point of attack uh, the secondary was okay for Alabama to start the game, but in the second half, uh, when Alabama kind of got bored and started subbing in some guys, uh, they gave up a lot of passing yards. 
I think Missouri ended up with 253 passing yards, most in the second half. And they let a 35 to six third quarter lead kind of dwindle down. And, you know, I think Dirkowitz, he has some pride. That team has some pride. And he was just trying to get some practice for his guys. And he scored some touchdowns late uh, that Nick wasn't really happy with because, you know, Nick always preaches finishing and he says they didn't finish the game. Yeah, guys, you know, this was supposed to be the year that AM kind of made the jump, the schedule set up right, and all this thing was good. Um, I got a feeling they may get a little bit more of a focused Alabama team than we saw in Columbia. And I imagine uh, Saban and Pete Golding really uh, stressed to that defense finishing. So, Jay, what, what I think is going to happen is Jimbo Fisher is going to come to town. Uh, I think Nick Saban's going to take him down, know your role, Boulevard, to the corner of Jabroni Lane, check him into the SmackDown Hotel, and beat the Aggies 45-17. to 17. Ooh, beat down city. All right, Brian, what do you say? Finally, the Rock has come back to Alabama. <laughs> I'm going with Alabama, and I'm going to make it a 42-17 to 17 game. All right, Lindsey's got Alabama in this one, too. You remember that part in The Empire Strikes Back when every time Han Solo and Chewbacca would try to throw the Millennium Falcon into light speed, light speed and it would go, <laughs> <laughs> that's Texas A&M. Uh, and that's Texas A&M with Kellen Mond. He is that engine. I'm sorry the dude is not there. I know he's been there for 50 years. I hope he enjoys the three master's degrees he's earned. But <laughs> he's not good. And Jimbo's recruited well, but those young guys clearly aren't ready to play. Now, I think he he showed nothing last week because he knew he didn't have to against Vandy. He'll try to throw the kitchen sink this week. It won't matter. Alabama's defense is so much better because Dylan Moses is back on it and Will Anderson's the real thing. Pat Sertain on the outside will shut down anything they want to do. I got Bama big here, 40 uh, 54 to 16, actually. I've got it. Wow. Big, so I think Bama puts it on. So we all call for Bama to blow out Texas A&M. Well, it's time for the second featured game of the college slate, and it's my game this week. Auburn on the road to take on the Georgia Bulldogs, 630 Central, 730 p.m. Eastern on the ESPN. Well, both of these teams won a game last week in as ugly a fashion as they possibly could. <laughs> Georgia decided not to play offense for almost three full quarters, <laughs> then poured it on Arkansas. They let Arkansas actually believe they might win the game. So what you're saying point. is they just kind of like well, tested some plays out for a while and then <laughs> well, said, here- well, we need to win now. Here's the thing, Georgia's Georgia has had a quarterback conundrum going on ever since the spring. Jamie Newman transferred from Wake Forest. He just has to opt out for the year, so he's not going to play. JT Daniels, five-star recruit out of USC, blew his knee out out there, had to get surgery. He transferred because they moved on, ran the air raid. Clean uh, Slovis out there is awesome. Um, he transfers in, but he's got to have another knee surgery. So he's still waiting to get cleared to play in the game. So he's taking reps, but he can't start. So they roll in with their freshman. Dwan Amores, who goes in there and is just deer in headlights, man. It is not happening. It's too fast in front of him. Even Arkansas is just wigging this dude out. He's throwing picks. He looks terrible. So they throw in Stetson Bennett. That's a real person's name. Who's <laughs> Who at one time was on the team, left, played Juco ball, came back. And it got thrown in there, and he actually did pretty good. I mean, he did great, but he threw. He's kind of like Nick Foles. I mean, he came in, he threw some touchdowns. He kind of got him sparked, got him going. They remembered they had George Pickens on the outside, their star wide receiver. They started running the ball a little bit uh, with um, <clears throat> their running back, and it they started getting getting a little more rhythm going. And that's the thing. So they came up live in the second half. So you know they did 
pretty good. I mean, they, they held Arkansas down. I mean, you know, the, Arkansas ended up with like 200 passing yards, but most of that was in the first half. They really shut Felipe Franks down in the second half. Didn't let Arkansas run it all in. Rakeem Boyd's a good running back, but they limited him totally. The thing is, though, guys, it's Devontae Wyatt up front and Malik Harris and Mark Webb, their defenders, they just put so much pressure in the backfield. That's what Georgia has. They have an outstanding defense. And this year, the whole line on them coming into the year was they're going to get led by that defense until the offense kind of comes around because they changed offensive systems. They had to implement it by Zoom, so they hadn't repped it much. And unlike Mike Leach's offense at Mississippi State, where it's just four plays and you run them all the time, they run some complicated stuff with Todd Bunkin. So it, it's going to take a little while before they get it going. Now, good news for them, JT Daniels cleared to play this week. Don't know if he'll start yet as of tonight. We're doing this on Wednesday night, so don't know if he'll start, but guarantee you, y'all, he's going to play. They'll probably play Bennett at first. They'll throw him out there at some point. But it doesn't matter because what you want to watch is Georgia's defense. Auburn, on the other hand, had a pretty stiff competition against Kentucky. Kentucky's got a legit defense, and Kentucky can run the ball. But for some reason, Kentucky decided they wanted to be a passing team, and that's where it all went south for them. They started trying to throw the ball around instead of running because they were running all over Auburn. They had 145 yards rushing, but they stopped doing it, and they started turning the ball over. Auburn's defense got pushed around early on. But then they buckled down on defense, started getting pressure on Terry Wilson, the uh, Kentucky quarterback, forced turnovers, and it let their offense come around. Now, Auburn's offense right now looks a lot different than it did under Gus Malzahn. Chad Morris clearly has the reins because I saw Auburn run crossing routes, digs, curl routes. These are not things Auburn receivers do all right, normally. But their best play is to let the quarterback throw it to Seth Williams and see what happens and hope for the best. And, you know, Seth caught six balls for 112. He posterized the dude. They, they made it on You Got Mossed on Monday Night Football. Um, two touchdowns. They really made it happen through the year. So how are they going to do this game? Well, here's the thing. Auburn didn't run the ball very well last week, and I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball again this week. That defensive front for Georgia is too good. That means they're going to have to try to throw against this Georgia team, and that worked okay for Arkansas, and Auburn's guys are a lot better at it. But that pressure coming up front, Auburn didn't do great blocking Kentucky's guys. I think Georgia's guys are faster. It's going to force Knicks to have to roll out of the pocket, make something happen, and that's when mistakes happen. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I think this one is going to be the old rock fight in the ditch. It is going to be a defensive struggle. It was a very close game last year. I think we get a close game again this year. Home field advantage doesn't matter much, but streaks do. Georgia has owned this series. If you look back over the last 10 years, they've won eight of them. If you throw in the uh, – if you th- or seven of them. If you throw in the, uh, the SEC championship game where they played uh, again earlier uh, – played again uh, in a year – they, I mean, they they beat them again. So Georgia is just has too much going for them on defense. I think they're going to find a way to get it done. I like Georgia here, seventeen to thirteen on this one. Alan, what do you say? Hey Jay, let me ask you a question. I know Georgia's owned this series. How many SEC championships did they have during that time period? One. <laughs> how many does Auburn have? A uh, couple. How, how many? How about national championships? How do they stack up that way? You know, they only got into a game, and then mm. this little Hawaiian dude messed it all up for Georgia. So yeah, you know that's the thing. Georgia may own this series. They don't have any hardware afterward, but they do own Auburn. So I have to. Have no, to- that's on brand for them. Uh, you know, uh, this game. I think it's going to be an interesting game. The coaches interest me. On one sideline, you got a short, angrier version of Mark Rigg. 
On the other sideline, you got a guy who last week looked like he should have been selling copy machines in Omaha, Nebraska in 1987. That was a tribute to Pat Dye. Thank you. Yeah, much. he still looked like he should have been selling copy machines in Omaha. <laughs> That's how Pat dressed. <laughs> um, you know, Auburn looked better than expected against Kentucky. Uh, Georgia looked awful against Arkansas. It'd be so on brand for both these schools for Georgia to absolutely just blow off Auburn stores. And half of me thinks that's going to happen just because uh, it's just a gut feeling. Uh, Auburn hadn't won in Athens since 2005, and that was a miracle when they won that game. Yeah. I think JT Daniels plays. I think he is the difference. I think he gives them just enough offense, but I think you called it right. That defense is nasty. You don't know these guys. But they're good, and you're going to know them by the end of the year. Call them no name defense if you want. I like Auburn 20. I mean, I like Georgia 24 to 20. All right. Lindsey's got Georgia as well. Brian's uh, joining us back in now, so we'll let him rejoin the fray here in a minute just to, to tack on to some things that you were saying there, um, Alan. The, the thing about Georgia is that this is a game where they have the luxury still of figuring out the offense. You know, they don't have to have it completely together if if they can keep Seth Williams from making big Bonko plays because that dude is a legit beast on the outside. He's one of the best receivers in the league. And Nix and him just have a thing. I mean, they've just worked it out. And, I'm you know, if it works, keep doing it, right? Well, I mean, it's like I told you. I mean, Alabama almost won a national championship when you're strictly throwing the ball to Calvin – I mean, to uh, Amari Cooper. Yep, yep, exactly, Amari Cooper. So, we're all picking Georgia here. We'll get Brian's pick when he's able to hop back up through the technical disc. But for right now, let's move on to the lightning round, Allen. Get things kicked off. This is going to be our third feature game. But Oklahoma, coming off that loss to K-State again – Got to go up to Ames, Iowa. This is the 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern ABC game of the week. Who you got, Oklahoma, Iowa State? Jay, you can't call that a loss. Um, Oklahoma collapsed. They blew a 21-point second-half lead to a Kansas State team who lost to Arkansas State. Um, You know, I think we all kind of fell into the trap that Lincoln Riley, all he does is produce Heisman-winning quarterbacks. And while Rattler, I think, has talent, He's raw and young, and I think that showed with all those turnovers in the second half. Uh, OU turned the ball over four times in the second half of that game. Um, Part of me feels like this is one of those get-right games for Oklahoma. Like, they're really going to have it together, but I also know that, like, Ames-Iowa is like the Bermuda Triangle of football, and I always feel weird about games and Ames. Uh, You know, my gut tells me I should pick Iowa State, but I'm going to pick the Sooners. I like them to win 38-27. to Oklahoma for you. Lindsey's got Oklahoma as well. I like Oklahoma, and I like them kind of big here, man, because Iowa State is clumsy and flimsy on defense and offense right now. They did not look good uh, in a win last week. They looked even worse in their Sunbelt loss. I like Oklahoma to get right here. I like them 34-17. Brian, we're going to get a daily double from you now. Pick the Auburn-Georgia game and the Oklahoma-Iowa State game. All right. I'm going with the uh, the Dogs to beat Auburn. I'm going to go with uh, 33 to 21. And I'm going to take Iowa State to win at home to drop the Sooners to uh, a dismal. I believe that would make them what, 0 and 2? Make them 2 and 2. 1 and 2. 0 and 2 in the league. Yeah, 0 2 in the league. That's what matters. So, yes, give me Iowa State. I'm going to take them uh, 27 21. Woo, all right, so a cyclone we have. All right, well, we carry on. We come back to the ACC. 
Virginia, the Wahoos on the road to take on Clemson. This is the 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. ACC Network game of the week. Brian, who you got? Uh, for this one, I, I, I just don't go against Clemson. Give me Clemson to win this one. I'll say uh, 33 to 10. All right. Alan, how about you? You know, uh, golden boy Trevor Lawrence, future New York Jet, is on fire, <laughs> and he will smoke Virginia. I like Clemson 45 to 13. Lindsay likes Clemson, in her words, obviously, and I like Clemson, too. You don't bet against Sunshine, future New York Giant, I should say, uh, Sunshine <laughs> Lawrence there. Uh, we go. Uh, we actually stay in the East, but we, we're bringing the Big 12 back. Baylor taking the show on the road to take on the West Virginia Mountaineers. This is the 11 a.m., 12 noon, ABC game of the week. Brian, who you got? Man, I, I want to go with Baylor on this one because I didn't get to pick them last time because they, their game got canceled. Uh, so I'm going with Baylor to win this game in West Virginia. Uh, give me Baylor uh, 42 to 33. All right, shootout style. Alan, how about you? You know, Baylor Baylor got a nice win last week for Dave Aranda. Uh, and West Virginia really kind of looked pedestrian. Um, that's a long road trip from uh, Waco to Morgantown. I'm going back to the well. They burned me last week, but I'm going to take West Virginia to win 27 to 17. All right. Lindsay's got West Virginia as well. I was real tempted, Alan, to follow you down that same line because I'm like, that's a long way to go. Charlie Brewer, quarterback for Baylor, experience here matters. Jeff Daggy's getting it together at uh, West Virginia, but he's not there yet. Give me Baylor in a close one, 34-32 over the Mountaineers. Last college game of the week. This ought to be some G5 fun right here, guys. Memphis taking on SMU. I mean, like, this could be called the Corruption Bowl when you got Memphis playing <laughs> Southern Methodist. All right, so, Brian, who you got? Uh, I'll take the home team. I'll go with SMU here. I'll say uh, 24-21. All right. Alan, how about you? You know, I, I think that uh, Bouchel, I always want to call him Bobby Boucher for some reason. Um, <laughs> I think he's going to make a game of it, but I think Memphis has more talent, and I'm, I'm just not sold on that SMU defense at all. I like Memphis 38-31. to Lindsay's got SMU, so she's with you, Brian. I like Memphis here as well. Run game and defense going to be the difference. I like Memphis 33-20 to 20 in this one. I think they actually shut SMU down in the second half. We go to the NFL. Somebody has to win this game. Oh. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> there can't no, be times. Yes, yes, we had one last week that somebody had to win this game. <laughs> Minnesota. Taking the purple destruction machine on the road to Houston, 12 a.m. one or 12 p.m. might as well be midnight. 1 p.m. Fox game. Brian, who you got? Man, I mean Houston. Houston looks like a tire fire over there. It's just awful. Uh, Minnesota has actually been able to put points up in the last two games, which they failed to do in the first game. Um, so I, I have to pick the Vikings to win this in this. It's going to be an awful game, but I have to pick the Vikings to win this one. I'll go with uh, 17 to 10. All right. Alan, how about you? Well, you know, I don't know who the Texans pissed off at the league office, <laughs> but how did they end up having to open with Kansas City, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh? Maybe the three best right. teams in the conference. Uh, you know, in Minnesota, why, well, yeah, they, they haven't played any really great competition outside of the Packers. I think Houston gets off the schneid. I like Houston 27 to 17. Give me some Deshaun Watson. 
All right, Lindsay agrees with you. She's got Houston as well. I was tempted to go that route, and then I realized something. Minnesota has started learning to trust Dalvin Cook. They're running the ball again. Houston, lousy against the run on defense. That's the difference in the game. Give me Minnesota in this one, 23-20. to 20. Hey, hey, Jay, don't, don't forget there were two days this week the Vikings didn't get to practice. It's okay. That's two days to get well because they did get beat up by Tennessee. So they, they got a couple days to get well. And we're still talking about Houston. It's, it's barely a franchise anymore. All right. So we go with Indianapolis next on the road to take on the Chicago Bears. This is a 12 noon, 1 p.m. CBS game. Brian, who you got? Well, uh, like I said, Nick Foles has a way of winning for a few games before he becomes Nick Foles. I think he pulls it out here at home. The defense will play well. Um, I'm not sure what to think of Indianapolis yet with Phillip Rivers behind them. Uh, so give me, uh, give me uh, the Bears winning this one. I think it's going to be a real crap fest, so give it to me 12-9. to 12-9. All right. Allen. Well, you know, the, the Colts have finally figured out they, they got Jonathan Taylor in the backfield and they've started really utilizing him. And, and I'm going to say this on Nick Foles. I think Trubisky and Foles will each start at least six games for the Bears this year, if that tells you anything. Uh, if you've got two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Um, I'm going to pick Indy against my, my baser instincts. I like Indianapolis 16 to 13. They got a better kicker. <laughs> this is true. This is there you true. Uh, Lindsey's got Chicago as well. I'm taking the Bears as well. I think they got to get it done for a couple of days. But I got a question for you two guys, real quick, just off topic. Mike Dicka versus presidential debates. I take Dicka. Dicka every time. All day, all day. All right. <laughs> Last one of the week. This one ought to be fun. New England and Cam Newton's wacky hair on the road to take on Patrick Mahomes, soon to be dad Patrick Mahomes, and multi-billionaire partial owner of the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> and taking the Chiefs 325 Central, 425 Eastern on CBS, the national game. Brian, who you got? I don't think anyone can be Kansas City right now. I got to go Kansas City here. I'll take them 24 to 17. All right. Alan, how about you? You know, Kansas City really handled a running quarterback pretty well last week in Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, but, you know, the Patriots, they looked good against Seattle, and Cam showed me some stuff. And, uh, you know, Belichick may have something in store for Kansas City. I think this is a better game and a closer game than last week, and this may be your AFC championship game preview. I'll take Kansas City, though, 27-24. I couldn't quite pull the trigger there. All Let right, me just let's... say that the difference between Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson is about 100 pounds. Yeah. So, it's a difference. And almost a foot. <laughs> um, yeah, and Lindsey's got Kansas City as well. Guys, look, Kansas City should win this game. Except for the fact that the Patriots' defense is really awesome. In fact, it may be the best defense Kansas City's seen. Now, that was Baltimore. They did shred them, but – Bill Belichick's really good at making you frustrated, even in your own home field, frustrating you and taking away weird stuff. And I don't know, something about this says at some point in the line, Kansas City's going to drop a game or two. This is exactly the kind of thing, because New England can be the power run boring team. They could be the shootout team that was in Seattle, 
or they could be the power run boring team that just waxes Las Vegas. I think they can get a combo of it done here. I like New England in the upset. Give me the Patriots in this one, 24 – no, 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 34-31. I misread my handwriting there. I do think we're going to get points, but give me those Patriots to take it on. And you may be right. This may be the preview of the, the AFC Championship game. We'll see. Now that I've said that, I'm sure Kansas City will win 55 to nothing, and you know it'll all go <laughs> south because my picks are the worst on this show. It's well-documented. So we've gotten through this. It's time to go back to the danger zone. Now, I give the record of the danger zone each week, but you need to understand something about the danger zone picks, y'all. It's 0-3, but Allen's not picking to try to get them right. He's just putting teams on the upset alert. So, Allen, who should be on on DEFCON 2 this week? Yeah, I mean, we've had a rough go of it. I mean, Kentucky really should have hung around in that game. If they would have run the ball, they probably would have won the game. But for some reason, they thought we should throw the ball, you know, you know. Anyway, so the danger zone this week takes us to the heart of America. Uh, we have a team with high hopes that welcomes in a team that they are two and six against since 2012. I think the Texas Longhorns got a scare last week. I think TCU is a better team, a better coach team, has a better quarterback than Texas Tech had. Mm-hmm. TCU screwed around last week in the first half, but they found it in the second half. They found their offense. I think that Max Dugan has a huge day. I picked TCU in the upset 34 to 31. Wow, the Big 12 in total flames and chaos, <laughs> as everyone intends it to be. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's no doubt about that. I'm looking forward to some football. It's finally starting to feel like fall weather out here in, in North Carolina, where I am, Alan. I think you've actually seen 60 degrees in Alabama. And, and Brian's just up there basking in the 50-degree graciousness that is minnesota this time i have 51 tomorrow Mm. (sighs) ask him about that weather in mid-january oh you don't know me i love (laughs) snow brian is a snow dog he has grown up in it and i I asked him once years ago man what do you do when you can't go outside for three months at a time he's like oh you just go outside (laughs) as if that was a question with nine feet of snow on the ground also the best conversation we ever had was i i messaged him one morning and i said well we're not going to work today because I think it might snow. And he said, well, I spent 45 minutes moving it out of my driveway so I could drive to work today. (laughs) (laughs) It's a different world up here, guys. (laughs) We still got two feet of snow on the ground and we're expected to get to work. Wow. Nice. Yeah, you guys are playing golf and that kind of weather, man. You you know what? There are a lot of people who would. There are (laughs) a lot of people who would. I guarantee it's going to be a lot of fun, though. We've got everybody have a good time. Lots of good football, man. The seasons are cranking up. Sooner or later, the Big Ten is going to be back. The Pac-12 is coming back. The Mountain West is coming back. Uh, the MAC is coming back. We're going to get some MAC action. Yeah. The Sun Belt's been here. Cuse is still trying to play. Everybody's playing football again. It's going to be a lot of fun. And Except for you, Mass. Yeah, well, yeah, well, you know, well, they're trying. So uh, we, I want to throw this out there, though, because I didn't say it in the opening. The AP poll updated last week and, and updates on Sundays. And all these zero and zero teams popped in there in front of teams that have played actual games. What do y'all think about that? That like back 12 and big 10 teams are getting ranked and they hadn't uh, played yet and won't play for two more weeks. The SEC was ranked two in the top 25. So, I mean, I saw Alabama at number two without even having a snap on the field. So, I just think that they they do this not based on play on the field. They do it based on expectation. So, mm. you know, expect- but I don't think come in and, and Brian is quite aware that 
you know, Alabama's like Ric Flair. You know, you got to be the man. You got to beat the man. We always start the year one. If we didn't play football, we were going to claim a trophy and make T-shirts this year anyway. So, you know, it is what it is, right? <laughs> it's how it goes. I, I guess, I don't know, at first I was like, that's kind of, I mean, what I hated was Batek overcame all the odds of the world and dropped from 20 to out of the bowl. I thought that was kind of lame. I was like, ah, come on, you know, give him a bone. But I, I get I mean, look, Ohio State legitimately on paper looks like an outstanding yeah. football team. Penn State is going to be a very good football team. I don't know about Michigan yet, but – you know, they're going to be – Oregon probably going to be a pretty good football team. I get it, and, and I totally get it. And you're right, Brian. We had all these SEC teams ranked. We had to wait four weeks for them to start playing. Um, <laughs> will they live up to it? We'll see. One of them certainly didn't last week, and one came out of nowhere. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. But I, I just think it's fun. You know, the polls still exist. Does it still matter? I guess this year it might. I mean, the playoff committee is going to have to use some real – different kind of new math, some new core math or something to try to figure out who, who gets in this thing, uh, especially if what I think is going to happen happens. I think there may be one team that walks through all this unscathed when it's all said and done. And hint, hint, they're not in Tuscaloosa, kids. Um, and then there's going to be a bunch of other teams we're going to sort out from and realize, like, who has the better loss? And, you know, all that, all that kind of <laughs> fun discussion, right? It's going to be a blast. Oh, Jay, I did want to tell you, there was a second part of the danger zone that I missed. It's not fully fleshed out. But um, those boys in Tallahassee may be in for a long day Saturday. Yeah, Florida State's uh, – they're bad. <laughs> I know they're only playing Jack State, but they're bad. They're awful, yeah. and I just think back to, uh, you know, Jack State's going to show up ready to play, and they're going to be a sound team whether they can do it or not, but I'm not sure how much talent FSU has. They, they don't have a lot. It's pretty obvious, and uh, the rebuild there is going to take a while. It's like when your, your roofer comes over and he's like, yeah, we can do this in a couple of weeks, and he gets up there and he's like – so this is gonna be a couple of months. <laughs> how much room you got on that Mastercard? <laughs> that's how that's gonna go because it's it's a long road back, guys. I mean, it's it, it's not as easy as it looks, and uh, Florida State's got a long way to go. But hey, more fun to talk about in the coming weeks. So we're gonna be right back here, folks. Thanks for listening to the show on uh, Anchor, on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you're checking it out. If you listen to the podcast, if you're watching us on YouTube, that's awesome. But if you're here on the Facebook live we record live every wednesday night 8 p.m central 9 p.m eastern you can come check us out facebook.com slash the gridiron breakdown or go to the gridironbreakdown.com you can find all the podcast links there so we'll be back again next week to talk about our picks updates give you more big games there's some really good games coming down the pipeline both in college and the nfl this is about to be an interesting uh, slate of games each week and we're here to break it down and talk to you about it all the time so for Lindsay, who's on assignment for brian for alan i'm jay Thank you for listening and watching the Gridiron Breakdown. Thank you for listening to the Gridiron Breakdown. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? I just hope we can win a game. Follow us on our website, thegridironbreakdown.com, or on Facebook. We do things around here my way. You understand that? You're going to be stacking string all your life, boy. I don't want your life. Tune in next week for more analysis and opinion from our hosts. Now y'all scared to ask another question? They're not gonna keep him off the field tonight! <laughs>